All right, so this little thing means we're running. Yeah, great. So let's start with who you are and what do you do? Yeah, great. So Jennifer Bach, I work at Nationwide Insurance, which is a Fortune 100 company in the United States. Uh, we sell property and casualty insurance and protection insurance, like your retirement plans, life insurance, all those financial products. I am the AVP of technology operations, which means I run a call center and I run the tech labs and some other things to do technology support for all of our employees and all of our independent sales folks. Wow. You've probably seen a lot in your years. You've been at Nationwide for quite a while. I have. I've been there 31 proud years. Wow. And have you always been in the area of customer care or... Good question. Experience. You know, not always, but that is how my career started out. So I was hired out of college. I went to Ohio State University, but I was hired out of college to be a claims rep. So okay. what I did is I went to people's homes and I talked to them about their auto accident or their homeowner's accident, and I would settle that claim for them. So I did the injury side of things. So if you were hurt in an auto accident, I'd do the investigation and I'd write a check you know, for injuries and those kind of things that we were at fault for. So my career started out in customer service, but I've run multiple call centers and other things. But I have had roles where I'd say I did not interface directly with the public or with the customer um, of Nationwide, but I do interact today with salespeople for Nationwide and our internal customers, which is our employees. Nice. And have things changed much in the last 30 years? Oh, things have changed so much. Think back to, oh my gosh, so I joined Nationwide in 92. I did claims in 1992 on paper. Like on paper, I wrote my notes. I called so-and-so. This is what happened. Here's my negotiation. Everything was on paper. I remember when systems came into place and we started using computers for our job and everything else. So I would say things have changed dramatically and they continue to change. You think, oh, everything's out there. You know, we have all this great technology and we have some artificial intelligence in place. All that. Nah, it keeps changing. It's going crazy all the time. What? How, so you were on paper in the 90s. Oh, yeah. And and was that, was customer care on paper then too? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so how did that work? Uh, you know, think about... Uh, even when you used to go to the library, remember how you used to find library books and yes. you'd have to go get a card system and figure it out yes. and go to it. It's the same way with our claims files or customer files and everything. Back in the day, you had to have a filing system with everything and go find it. Uh, quickly though, we got computer systems in, you know, sure, sure. yeah. And in, in the early nineties, we were getting computer systems in, but yeah, it was very hard. I think to really understand what was going on with individual customers let alone any insights at a global level. How do you get those insights when everything's on paper? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody go count all the Dewey Decimal cards from That's right. there. Hey. Little memory from a long contact, not from this company. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> nice to see you there, sir. I'm sorry we're in the middle of a CX in the Wild podcast. Let's catch up while I'm here. Thanks, sir. Oh, very nice. Nice to see people you know. Yes. So, he, so you have you've been through this thing, and and I just want to preface this: if I ask you anything, feel free to say pass because we don't edit this. So just say pass. <laughs> here's here's what I like to I'd like to pick your brain about. 
going from paper to where we are now, certainly everyone would, would acknowledge that technology has created a lot of transformation. If I go to any organization right now, here's what here's the basic uh, the 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 theme of the environment. People love innovation, but they hate change. So the the basic mental mindset would be: we love innovation, but we don't really want to change because what we've been doing is great. And so, therefore, I think looking forward, one would predict that change is hard or difficult. But if I look back over your last few years, change seems to have been really easy because you've you've gone from a bazillion stacks of paper to this. So. What do you think is missing in that forward-looking uh, fear and anticipation or resistance to change versus you looking back, you sound like you've had a, a wide, a, a fruitful, transformative career of constant change. Is that, am yeah. I, how off am I? No, I think you're on, you know, for me personally, everybody, change is a personal story, right? So you either embrace change, you're like, I'm all in, let's go for it. Or you're at the other end of the spectrum where you fight change, and then there's this whole gamut in between, right? So everybody has their own change uh, level that they're comfortable with. My personal approach is embrace it because it's going to happen anyway. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I have eliminated my own job a couple times in my career. And my husband has said every time, are you crazy? And I say, honey, things are changing. We're moving in a new direction. Wouldn't I rather be a part of the discussion where we're eliminating my position, right? Let's be a part of the discussion. This is how things are going to go. And then hopefully parlay that into some other new opportunity, right? So I've always been in the mindset of let's embrace it and see how we can influence it as we go. Because otherwise, if you're fighting it, you're probably fighting a losing battle on a lot of these things. But I do think every person has their own individual level of tolerance on it. But eventually it's in your face and you've got to move forward. But yes, I agree with you. People love innovation. We love talking about innovation for everything else, not for you personally. That's right. right, right. <laughs> you know, I have a friend, Diva Saho. He's the head of transformation at Fidelity. And he's he's been successful at transformation there for years. And I and I talked to a lot of transformative leaders. I said, Diva. What's the secret, bro? You're in like this giant company and transformation, like. How and do I you, love Fidelity, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I have how, lots of products. There. How, how do you manage transformation? He said, here's the secret to transformation, Dennis. Transformation, people will say it's about getting from point A to point B. And he said, people can envision and articulate and, and rally around point B. But the, the, the truth is, Transformation happens at point A. And he said, I focus on point A, not point B. And I was like, that's how brilliant. you that, you get it. Yeah. yeah, that's brilliant. I love that insight. You know, I always say people can have these dreams and these visions and everything, but the truth is in the execution of that strategy to get there. So go back to point A, figure out the plan in order to get there. Yeah, that's that's the secret sauce, I think. Yeah. Um, so you've seen, you've had a history, you've had a, Sounds like a great career of transformation and growth. It sounds like growth intellectually because you've gone from paper to computers to AI and you're still sort of in the thick of things. What we, we talked a little bit before we got on the podcast about 
the employee experience. And you, you seem very energized. You, you seem to light up when you talk about the employee experience. I will say around the entire industry, people are finally making a connection between employees and experiences. And I'm not certain that's um, brought on by, what do you think's brought that on? Well, great question. What's interesting, rewind, everything was CX, right? Everything was customer experience a few years ago. You never heard of EX, right? Employee experience. I think it, the, the industries have realized that if you want to transform the customer experience, you also have to transform the employee experience. The employees make the customer experience. Right. So if you care about your employees, you treat them well, give them the tools and resources they need. They will care and, and be engaged and take care of that customer on the other side. Whether you're in sales service, it doesn't matter. You have to show that care and concern for the people that are on the phone or on live chat or doing whatever it is they do to talk to those customers. That's the secret sauce to me is how do I make their life uh, easy, fun, engaging and then they'll turn take care of the customer. Yeah. You know what? My, my perspective, I'll share is one that is. I talk to a lot of leaders about customer experience. And if I ask 100 customer experience leaders what customer experience is, the vast majority of them, if not all, will say something to the effect of customer experience describes the, the relationship between a customer and a brand, and there's a journey in between, and the process of making that journey frictionless or uh, tapping into the moments that matter, um, uh, those sorts of things. All the discussions go there. And here's what I would say. I would say they're not wrong, but they're all wrong. Here's what I think customer experience is. This is the missing element of that description. Every customer wants to be the hero of their own story. The brand's job is to find out where in that customer's life do they help that person become the hero of their own story. That's the customer experience. It's not the buyer experience. It's, it's and I'll give you a, a real world example. Yeah. My daughter's a cheerleader. I'm driving kids to cheerleading camp. They're all in the car. I'm driving down the road. I see a McDonald's. Boom. I take a right-hand turn. I go through the drive-thru. I don't miss a beat. Nobody's late, but on the way, everybody's eating America's favorite fries. Dad's the hero. That's my story. McDonald's made me the hero of that story. That's the customer experience. It's not the discount. It's not how fast you, know, you make a burger. It's... I love it, and I've never heard it quite described that way. Because it's funny, <clears throat> you said moments that matter and the journeys and all of those things. That is the buzzwords or the things people say when they talk about the customer experience. Uh, I love the way you did it, being the hero, because everybody wants to be the hero of their own stories. Everybody does. So bringing it back to you and your, your <laughs> wisdom, current wisdom, what I think you're saying there is because you get, yeah, I see you light up when we talk about the employees. Those people are the ones who make the customer the hero. That's why there's magic there. You take away the cast at Disney's Magic Kingdom, and they've been struggling with this. 
you take away the magic, the magic comes from the cast members. Agreed. It doesn't come from the machine, the rides, Agreed. the visuals. Um, and so what you're talking about is the magic of, of customer experience. Yeah, I love the way you said that, and I love those examples you've used. I think it's my job to focus in on the employees that serve the customers, and especially my employees that work for me in my contact center. I want to know them individually. I want to know what makes them tick. I want to know where they want to go in their career. I want to care about their dog. Like, I want to know as much as I can. And we're talking hundreds of people. It's hard, right? But as fast as I can, the more I can make those individual connections, they realize how much I appreciate and care about what they're doing. And they are able to help that customer and help them be the hero. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. You're either contributing to someone else's heroic story and journey or you're not and you're you know if you're not you're probably not supposed to be in cx or ex i love that yeah so all right so i think we agree philosophically about the current temperature and of of the industry but i think here's where how do you feel about the philosophical philosophical conversation of balancing humanity and technology in this new era and let me contextualize some of the the curiosity i have for for the last few years uh, leading up until really 2023 technology chatbots etc we're going to replace humans and now all of a sudden i think we're seeing this new era where there's this co-collaboration or harmony between humans and technology agents powered by technology instead of agents replaced by technology, which is a little nuanced there. Thoughts? Yeah. So I have believed all along that the technology would augment the experience. And don't get me wrong. There will be positions that are eliminated, no longer needed, et cetera, or fewer of them maybe as a way to say it. However, I do think technology really generates new roles and new ways of doing the work. Uh, Things you and I haven't even dreamed of, jobs we can't even imagine right now are going to pop up out of technology. So even though people talk about technology, eliminating positions or changing them so much they're not the same, look, I believe as many as that happens to, we're going to have multiple times that generated new. So that's the exciting part. I do believe that there are positions that are definitely at risk, though. Um, And so people need to spend time developing themselves, developing new skills, figuring out what else they can do. Where can I add value to the company? Maybe I changed in careers entirely. But I look at it as a positive. Like, I look at the world as this this is good. Can people use technology for evil? You know they can, right? We both have said stories where they they can be used for evil. But I think companies are using it for good, and they just need to get the employees on kind of the same path of this is for good, and it's good for you too. Like, and we all need to invest in up upskilling, learn new skills, all those things. Just you can say pass. Have you yourself used ChatGPT yet? Yes. Okay, so I use it all the time. <laughs> I use it personally, not for work, although we're allowed to use it for work, but not in production yet. So it's people are playing around with it, trying to figure it out. 
but I use it personally. So you get it. Yeah. So for me, thinking about agents who have this capability, it creates super agents. I really am like on this bandwagon of tools that make agents super agents because you, agree. you jump in. You yeah, I was going to say, I agree because I think sometimes in the contact center space, we focus in on agents should use knowledge to solve problems, right? So we, and we attach the knowledge, make sure they follow the process and do whatever. I'm like, what the heck? Give them all the tools they have, all the tools they want, need, can get access to, then solve the customer's problem, right? So why not let them use these different things that would help them be the super agent? Like, let's be the super agent. Yes. And that's why I was trying to share with you this company that I'm following because they ingest all the stuff and then agents are like suddenly able to answer their own questions. And be the superhero. And, and, and be, be the hero. Be yeah. the hero for our customers as yeah. well. So, okay. Tell me about, um, do you have any opinions about the, the globalization of customer service? Uh, not much. Uh, nationwide, you know, just in the U.S., However, we do outsource pieces and parts and, you know, do offshore work and other kind of things. Uh, I am more of kind of focusing in on the United States work. So anytime I do have staff augmentation or other things, it's all in the U.S. So uh, I do think globalization, though, it's here. It's here to stay. So you're just you're 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 you 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 adapt and you overcome i can tell you you like not afraid of the future you know it's interesting you said i'm glad i asked that question so i've been following a lot of bpo stories and i've just been fascinated about um american bpos and i ran it i had to do a story on one of them and i was like do people like demand onshore talent? And and she said, yeah. She said, if there's a hurricane and you're an insurance company and you want to an you want people to answer the phone, you want those people to be in the country and ready to, you know. Yeah, and so nationwide, you know, a U.S. based company, we only sell insurance and life insurance and homeowner products and those kind of things in the U.S. So we like to support the U.S. economy and all those kind of things. It's just a, a part of the value system. Again, we do use some offshore talent for uh, programming and other things. So we do definitely do that. But for me in my contact center, I have a couple of arrangements with different staff augmentation firms that I use to bring in help. But I have a lot of employees, too. So it's a combination effort. And we staff across the United States. I, people can work out of their house. It's fine. If you want to work in one of our buildings, it's fine. I don't care. Uh, but we try to support kind of where people are in the United States. And most importantly, I like to try to employ people in maybe some of the small rural communities where finding a good paying job is hard to do. Uh, and it could change their family situation, yes. their life, because we we pay pretty well. And especially if you're in a small town where minimum wage is all that's kind of going on in that town. Now you have this great job working out of your house. Back to you, back. You're such a champion for the people. <laughs> I, I, I love that. So what was the biggest, what was the biggest good thing that you could think of that happened during the last few years? Cause there was such a shift with the world pandemic and all of that. So much of care changed. What was what would you say would 
would be the uh, the evolution that was great that came out of it. I don't like folks on their new stuff. What do you think was the yeah, good thing? You know, of all the things, especially during the pandemic time, right? So we're officially out of the pandemic now. But during the pandemic, all the bad things that happened and everything else, well, look at all the good things that happened. Technology moved forward multiple years. People were able to work out of their home. We were almost 100% in the office. Now people can work out of their home. I can recruit talent across the country, right? Where before we had to localize it in certain cities. Like that's good. And you want to know what else is good? Is think of people's personal lives. I personally had a father-in-law who died of cancer during the pandemic. My uh, brother-in-law, his wife, the, the grandchildren, everybody could work from our house or their house during that very difficult time. They didn't have to take off work. They were able to work and be there in his last few months of his life. Like, you couldn't do that before the pandemic because there wasn't the ability to work from home like there is today. So think of all the good that happened. Even in that bad situation, we turned it into a positive because we were there as a family surrounding him day in, day out, and we could still do our job. We didn't have to take months off work. How amazing is that? You were the heroes of your of yeah. your story. You are able to contribute to your own journey. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's one of my stories. Everybody has a story like that where if you really reflect back on the last few years, there's a lot of positives that came I like to say that, but you know, people's appetite for change, but it sounds like you already already had that. So okay. I love your energy. I love what you've accomplished. What can we take out of this conversation that can help the listeners as they, I mean, besides everybody wants to come work for you right now. <laughs> Thank you. Obviously, what um, do you have? I just want to be thoughtful about how we maximize your voice. Yeah. You, I guess, number one, how have you maintained such a positive outlook and, and, and energy? Because I, we all know it's tough to work and it's tough to, to change. You have a good positive, and maybe that comes from your success, but is there a, a something inside that you think of that helps you navigate CX, EX, and this landscape and keep your your energy high and happy? Yeah. So first of all, I think I'm blessed because uh, positivity is one of my five strengths on Strength Finder. So I'm blessed there. That's why I try to stay positive. But I look at it as it's a choice. You know, things are going to happen, good, bad, in between. You can choose to see the positive in it or you can choose to see the negative. And I would just say you have to roll through whatever's going on and go through the mental change with it, but the quicker you can get on the other side and embrace what could be a positive outcome here, the better. Uh, when it comes to CX, I'll go back to an earlier comment. CX is about EX. So let's focus in on the employee experience and all the people who serve those customers. So if you're asking for parting words on that, I would say, I think the game changer is actually EX on a CX experience. How do people manifest EX in their organization this year? What's your advice? Uh, you know, personally, I would say you have to focus in on their voice and how do you get that data information, um, doing surveys and other things to get the EX voice. 
and then be able to take those insights and put them into action. So it's one thing to know what they're saying. It's another thing to have a plan and put it into action. And we do that at Nationwide. We have the voice of employee, voice of associate, we call it. And we try to put their words and their needs into action. Uh, we do it specifically on technology needs uh, in my area. But yeah, I think that's the important thing. Put it into action. It's interesting you said that. I have a, another guy, a partner, Sean Shepard. He manages a, a innovation consultancy called Uplus. And I was talking to him about uh, human-centered design or transformation innovation. And he said something similar to you, which was he said, team members who don't feel heard don't innovate. I agree with that. Why would you? <laughs> and so it's interesting, right? These human elements as leaders, I mean, when you talk about the employee experience, you're really talking about yourself in many ways. As a leader, your job to help manifest those, put yourself out of a job in your own words, that is really kind of a catalyst for innovation and progress. We're really talking about progress there. So it's been so fun talking to yeah, you about too, progress. Yeah. Um, what, uh, I guess that's all I have to say. I, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated by your story. I appreciate you talking. I don't even know how to wrap this up. See us in the wild. How do we wrap this up? You are, uh, what do you, what, what do you, what are you looking for? What are you paying attention to? We've talked about EX and CX. What is the one uh, change that's on the horizon? Don't say AI. That, <laughs> you're, say AI. <laughs> that you think it's going to be, if you had to think about the agents, not as, as a corporate leader, but for the agent, what is the most important thing you would give your agents advice and leadership? Hey, agents, I see this ahead of you, but you should be keeping your eye on this thing. What is it? What's most important for the agents to pay attention to in 2024? I think I would tell my agents to focus in on how they can provide that wow experience to whoever is calling or chatting with them and to embrace that customer like they're a beloved family member or friend. And I think if you could treat them that way, they'll innovate. They'll find ways to solve that problem. They'll do all those things and they'll leverage AI that you told me not to mention, <laughs> uh, perhaps to help do some of that. So if they can really embrace that idea... I think they'll look for the ideas to innovate and be more creative maybe in their work for them individually and holistically as a team. Okay. Thank you so much for talking oh, today. That's a wrap.